Welcome everybody to Damage Radio, heard here live on MockRadio.com, where music reminds me. You already know me, I'm R.C. Alongside, my good friend. You might know him as ECW superstar, Chubby Dudley, but I know him as the one and only Bay Ragney. Bay, welcome back to Damage Radio, man. Great to see a friendly face. <laughs> and we do actually see each other, and we are both damaged. We are, man. So what's been going on, man? How's everything going? <laughs> Well, where do we begin? Um, first I off, love things, how you started off like that. <laughs> things are um, things are great. I mean, they really are great, but they're just so. Um, I, I'm. T- I, I just got to say this. I got to write a freaking book. I got to write a book. Um, and I, I joke with uh, I joke with my fiance Coco about this. I said I, I have to write two books. Like I have to write the first part of my life, and then. The, the 20 months, the last 20 months of my life is already a full novel because so many things have happened. So many things have gone on. And uh, right now we are under quarantine because Coco has COVID and oh. we're a week into her having COVID. And then we find out yesterday her daughter has COVID. So, do you not have <laughs> so I went today to get tested to see if I had it because you would think. Three people under the same roof. Now, mind you, Coco is in our bedroom. She's quarantined in our bedroom. We have the master bedroom with the bathroom. So she's been quarantined in there. But, you know, I go in there. I check on her. I bring her food, et cetera, et cetera. Get your clothes and toothbrush, right? Yeah, you know, and get out. Um, Her daughter has the other bedroom on the other side of the house. And she quarantines herself in her bedroom. So same thing. I go and I check on her. I bring her food. And so I'm in both bedrooms checking on both. Well, it turns out now her daughter, which really she doesn't even have symptoms. She just has like um, a slight fever and congestion. So, you know, we, she had to get checked to go back to her school. Turns out she's positive. Meanwhile, Coco, she's had um, major extreme body aches and pains. Um, depending on what time of the day, a fever, like usually – Daytime, she has the fever. Nighttime, the fever goes away. Um, there was some vomiting and no, daily nonstop feeling nauseous, but there was one day of vomiting, um, congestion, uh, and now, as of yesterday, it's a real bad cough has started. So she talked to the doctor's office this morning when she called up to you know, see if I can go get tested, and they said, that means you're probably towards the tail end. Now, usually when you get this bad cough, it's mean you're coming to the end. So, fingers crossed, uh, she'll be over it soon. It's probably about 10 days for her. And um, her daughter's probably like on day, technically on day two or three. But, yeah, I have no idea. And you live how, on one floor, don't you? We're, we have a rancher house. How, do you, and, how are you surviving on one floor? Dude, I, you know, like, it's crazy. Like, I just, I go back and forth between the bedrooms. We have a center office in between the two bedrooms. Um, I've been sleeping on the couch to quarantine from everybody. And, uh, yeah, I, I, dude, I, we're all baffled. We're just completely baffled. It, it's unbelievable. Like Wendy Ricker said, we're all a little damaged. Right? And, and the crazy thing is, and I told you this before we went live, like, I have an autoimmune lung disease. I'm, so I have, I have a weak immune system. And I don't have it. And my doctor, when I talked to my doctor last year about this, he's like, if you get this, you have a 25% chance survival rate. 
I'm like, oh, great. Okay. Like, all right. Like, you're I, driving I, to go get tested. What do you, what's in your mind? What are you thinking? Okay, honestly? Yeah. I was hoping I had it. Because <laughs> I, I wanted to come home and get back into my bed. Dude. I haven't been in my bed in seven days. So I, I wanted to get back into my bed. Is but uh comfy at least? It, it, yeah, the couch is comfortable, but uh, you know, I, I'm sharing it with the dog and cat. You know, they're keeping me comfortable <laughs> company. But um, all that, right? Yeah, you know. Uh, and I was even joking last night when I was saying, you know, I'll get I'll get tested today. I was like, uh, you know, well, if I have it, which I probably do, I just don't have symptoms. You know, I'm I'm hoping for a uh, COVID pizza party, watch some movies together, and get some pizza, and and yeah, no, it's not happening. No party yet. <laughs> no, but seeing the smile on your face as you're talking about this man and going through what you're going through just shows how happy you really are where you are right now you know it speaks volumes it, it's uh dude it, it's like you know and actually today as we're taping this now um today is our 20 month anniversary for me and coco and it's like uh it's pretty crazy like I, thank you man like I, I look at the picture of that first night uh we went out together and um it's hard to believe it was 20 months ago, but it's uh, life. Life has been good the last 20 months. Life's been really freaking good. You hop on that uh, that roller coaster and just hold on and never know when it's time you're trying to get off. And if you found the right one, dude. So we we we've uh, we've had a hell of a roller coaster ride. Like you know, it, it's like last time we talked. Uh, last time we did this, like I guess four to six weeks ago. Um, you know, I talked about some pretty deep, heavy stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, when I say, I say this stuff and, and I, when I do these interviews, it's, I, and I, and you, I've done interviews with you so many times over the years. And, um, even when I do my own interviews, I don't like to really discuss any questions or any, predetermine any answer. Like I, I want to be upfront, honest and truthful and spontaneous and from the heart with my answers and my questions a lot of the time. And, um, yeah, like we, we were just, uh, you know, we were hitting a stride and uh, whatever we were talking about, you know, like I felt like it was something uh, that I really wanted to talk about and come clean. And when, when I when we do these, you don't know who's going to listen. And uh, one of my cousins listened and uh, reached out to me afterwards just to check on me and talk about it. And, wow. you know, I was, I was, I was kind of shocked, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like one of my family members actually listened. And but um, yeah, so. Life, life is good. It's, it's, you know, it's up and down. It's a, it's a crazy battle, and I gotta write a freaking book because I, I have it broken down to all the. What the would it be called? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe hang on to the ride for the ride because from chubs to drugs, the drugs. <laughs> this, I'm telling you, this last twenty months, there has been like so much, just so much. I, I, I like I, I don't even want to get into the stuff like I don't want to spoil it because I, I, I got to write a book. I have to write a book. So what would well, like if you could think of a catchphrase that would be for Bay Ragney, what would that catchphrase be? It's always winning. It is. You, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, and that's, that's how you live your life all the time, which is amazing. You know what? Like I really um, I, I really like, you know, when that whole thing happened with Charlie Sheen. Something in me just like clicked with it and I embraced it. And, and I just like was trying because I was like at the time going through really bad things in life and depression. And um, 
I was starting to see a therapist and I was looking for something, you know, I was, I always turned to the, it's so easy just to turn to the negative and, and be negative and be down. And I was always that person. And I was looking for something to flip the switch and go the opposite way. And I was like, here's Charlie Sheen who just had like the, the dream job making a boatload of money and he blew it. In, in front of the world, completely blew it and, and just imploded. And he was still happy and positive, And he was still, as he said, winning. I was like, this dude's a complete screw up. And he don't care. And he's happy about it. And he's loving his life. And he's, he's winning. So I was like, all right, you know what? Like, I'm not nowhere near as bad as him. If I can just maintain that level of positiveness and, and be winning too then life will be good. And that's why I just started saying winning and, and making everything winning. And so many people have said to me, dude, stop. It, it's, it's over. You, you've beat a dead horse with it. And it's like, it's scary. It's like 10 years later and I'm still doing it. Winning. I don't care. And then you just start believing it. And then it's you it. Can't look back. That's it. You gotta, you have to believe it. You can say any word you want or, or say anything you want. If you don't believe it or feel it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean nothing. So what made you believe that you wanted to be a professional wrestler? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you, you know, and we've talked about this in the past. Like I, it was the, yeah. in the, the era of uh, the hair bands and all that. I wanted to be a musician and be a rock star. And um, my backup plan was to be a pro wrestler. And, you know, I, I really started thinking about it in the around like 85 86 when i would be watching um saturday afternoon at noon on channel 17 in philly nwa wrestling and you know they would always end the show in this cliffhanger and it's like oh my god like a run-in would happen and somebody's getting usually with the four horsemen or something somebody's getting beat down in the ring and crockett be like oh my god oh my god we're out of time you got we gotta go we're gonna keep the cameras rolling we'll see you next week and i'm like on the edge of my bed like freaking out i'm like yeah. oh my god and i'm so i would be so amped up and pumped like i just saw a rocky movie I would get that same charge, and I was like, I'm going to be a wrestler. I want to be a professional wrestler. And then um, around the same time, uh, the Monster Factory opened in Jersey, and uh, Larry Sharp was on an episode of, I think it was the old Phil Donahue show. He used to be on like 9 a.m. in the morning. Really? Uh, yeah, with Bam Bam Bigelow talking about he opened this wrestling school and Bigelow was his first real protege. And I was like, Oh my God, like I, I could get into a wrestling school and it's right here in Jersey. It's right across the bridge in Jersey. So I was like, all right, so I'm going to look into this later. You know, I, I wasn't old enough at the time. And, uh, around a few years later, uh, I was like 20 years old. I, I was like, you know what? Like the hair band thing's not working. I'm 20 years old. I can't get into a band. I'm a little chunky. I'm a little overweight. I was like 210 pounds at the time. I'm like, I think I'm going to look into this wrestling thing. And I, I looked into it and found uh, the old TWA wrestling school. And I sold all my music equipment, got my down payment for wrestling school. And here I am. 31 now, years later, I'm talking to you. Now, when you do conventions and you pull out those 8x10s and you see the transformation that you are now, is it is it easier to sign that that autograph, knowing where you are now and how healthy you are, or? 
Oh my God. I'll tell you, I, you know, that's, that's, that's a real good question too, because, you know, we, we were just talking about, you know, personal things in our life before we went live with this. And, um, you know, that's, that's one thing, um, you know, in the last 20 months too, like, and a little bit before that the 20 months happened, probably about three, four months, I, I really, um, I decided I needed to make a real health change in my life. Like for the last 20 something plus years, I was way over 300 pounds, sometimes up to 360 pounds. And with my autoimmune disease, I was very unhealthy. I became a diabetic and, um, I was on eight different medications a day. I was taking a, a shot once a week and I was like in horrible health. And at one point, like I literally, I, I thought I was dying. Like I was just in such bad shape. Like I couldn't get out of bed. Like I would get out of bed like some days I couldn't even shower and I would just, uh, my job, I was able to just go to go to work and do it and come back. It would take me like three, four hours. And, um, I would do that and I'd come home and I would just get right back into bed. And I did that for months and it was bad. And I was like, you know, I, I, I got to do something here. I, I can't go out like this. And, um, I started to make the change and I just really, um, I realized, you know, another thing in my life was I wasn't happy. And that's why I was doing all these things to myself, whether it was the food, you know, I always turned to food to, uh, comfort eat or anger eat um, alcohol, um, through my life. And, um, yeah, it was just a bad situation and I, I had to make the change and, you know, I've lost over a hundred pounds and I, I feel like, I, I really feel like I'm finally in my life alive. I really do. When did you realize that it's okay to be happy? Hmm. When, when I realized I never was. Wow. And, and I, I don't know if I told you, this, I might have told you the story before. Like, you know, I, I was doing a, an interview like this for a, a podcast and um, uh, the, the person said to me, he said, look, you know, you've, you've played in bands, you've played on stage, you uh, you were a Dudley, you were an ECW, you were in TV, magazines, books. Um, you've been doing a podcast for so many years. You've interviewed all these top celebrities in every form of entertainment. What is there left for you to do in your life? And I was like, it, it, it literally, I, I can still picture it. Like I was sitting in my chair in my basement where I used to do my interviews. I was sitting there and I was like, it, it, it instantly came to me. I said, I just want to be happy. It was, it was like that. Like I just want that's when I really truly realized I was not happy in my life and my situation in life. And I needed to make a change. And that's when I, you know, started putting one step in front of the other to make those changes in my life. Now, were you ever, ever nervous to do interviews because you might get a straight up question that you're not ready to answer when you were not, when you were unhappy? Mm, no, the only time I was really just kind of scared to do any interviews or anything was like, early on with my divorce and, and stuff like that. Cause I really didn't want to say anything or talk about it. You know, I, I didn't, cause I didn't know what was happening with it. You know, it was a lot, there was a lot of legal things going on and it was a very ugly situation. And, um, I know I was being spied on and people were reporting back, you know, because you know, I, I would say or do something that had nothing to do 
with my ex. And then I'd be getting text messages from my ex, like giving me a hard time, like, because I was living my life. Like, I'm like, okay, like, whatever. Like, that's kind of creepy. Like, you know, and I, I don't know who was doing it. Like I had to slowly go through friends list and clean out friends and stuff like that and figure out, I, I still don't know who it was, but you know, that, that happens when you go through, you know, separations and divorces and stuff like that. Right. So now, like you said, uh, COVID has run wild in, in your household. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing the different sides of COVID, what are your thoughts on COVID now? Like, as we, now we know it, it could be a real deal, but like, I mean. You, you know what? The whole, the whole time I've always known it was real. Like, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you know people um, that either people in your family or friends with family members that have had it and have passed away. Uh, uh, and, and one of my aunts passed away uh, a couple months ago. Um, Coco, she had an aunt that passed away. Um, a lot of people have had relatives that we lost, sadly. Um, but also, too, I also know a lot of people that friends and family that have had it, and you know they've made it through with no issues. So it's just weird how it does truly affect everybody completely differently. Um, you know, every. It seems like the one main symptom that everybody I've talked to that has had the same symptom is losing taste and smell. Otherwise, everybody else I've talked to, their symptoms have all been different. Like one is completely dead, tired, exhausted, can't do nothing, can't get out of bed, no taste and smell, and that's it. Another one is fine, but with no taste and smell. You know what I mean? Like it just it's so it's such a weird thing a weird flu it's it's just it's and i think it's truly um like i was talking to my neighbor about this earlier she works uh at at vanderbilt hospital um and and first off she was saying which you know again everybody's like i I probably shouldn't even say this but you know everybody's like oh vaccines 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 get the vaccines and all these people i see all these people are getting vaccines and they're all proud they're showing their vaccine cardinal but yet, I don't think they realize the numbers of COVID are going up. What is the point of the vaccine? I don't know. I don't know. But that's just my, I'm not getting a vaccine. I'm just going to say that. I am not getting a vaccine. I never got a flu shot in my life. I'm not letting them stick something that they never tested. They've, they, I'm, I'm getting on a soapbox and I'm just going to shut up. But anyway, so the, the, the numbers are going up at Vanderbilt Hospital of COVID cases again. So it just it doesn't make sense. But every every person is um, is made up differently. You know what I mean? And I, whatever your health condition is, if you're in healthy shape, have a great immune system, if you take vitamins, if you work out, you're, you're going to have a much better chance of having probably less symptoms. If you're overweight and you eat junk and garbage, don't take vitamins or whatever. I think you're having a, a lot worse time at it. I think it's all about taking care of your body and your system. And unfortunately, there's people, you know, who have health conditions, whether they're sick with, God forbid, cancer or something like that, or any other conditions, you know, that. And the number one killer, stress. How much of a toll that can put on your heart, leading absolutely. into anxiety, leading into paranoia, leading into all that. Absolutely, absolutely. So. 
And the, the, I think the bottom line, the, the number one lesson at the end of the day with this whole COVID thing is um, we got to, like, take care of ourselves. Yeah. We got to take care of ourselves, whether it's uh, it's a physical and mental thing. Because you can't take care of yourself physically if you're not mentally in a good place. I am walking, living proof of that. I, I can agree with that. And same thing what you said about the social media. Everyone's got to put their two cents in, you know, whether they're putting up their cards, you know, instead of throwing up their gang sign, they're putting up their COVID cards saying, hey, look, I'm important now. You know, do you at the end of the day. If that's what makes you happy, go get that's the great. vaccine. Right. You know, that's how I look at things. Like, I got the vaccine, okay? I'm not, I'm not gloating on it and saying I got my second dose on Monday. Yes, like, I, I felt like I got hit by a mad truck. But I still went to work. It feels like a booster shot the second mm-hmm. time. But if that if that's what you need to do to make you feel better and to move on and to support your what, what you believe in, do you? Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's it's funny. Like with the flu shot. Like back when I was in Pennsylvania, I I, I used to have to go to the doctor every three months because I was diabetic and I'd have to do blood tests and all that. And he would oh it was it was oh it was like an ongoing joke like. I'd be sitting in the chair in the on the table, and we go through their rigmarole of questions and stuff. And then he would just look at me. He's like, "Hey, Bass, do you want the uh, do you want the flu shot?" And he just starts laughing, and I would just look at him. I'm like, "Why are you even asking?" He's like, "I gotta ask. I know the answer, but I gotta ask." I'm like, "Well, why? Just just check no, because you know I don't want that stupid thing." And he would just laugh because he knew. And 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 actually, like uh, there, there, a doctor that works in a, the healthcare system here told a, a family friend, like, and this is coming from a doctor in a major healthcare system down here. I am not getting that vaccine. Don't people realize they haven't tested it? It's not approved, and they're using the country as guinea pigs. You know, they're just. You know, it's a, it's like my cousin. My cousin's uh, got a lot of health issues, and she uh, she she texted me the other day because what I was telling her about like uh, the things here with Coco and all. She's like, "Cuz, I got my first shot. I might grow a third nipple, but I'm gonna make a lot of money in the freak show." <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> exactly. You got the truth, man. <laughs> it's it's so wild. But uh, let's talk about something pretty freaking awesome. Your okay. YouTube show with Coco. The thrift yeah. store thing, man. I you told me about it. You said, "Listen, yo, Cam, go subscribe to it. Check it out." I watched the episode, man. Dude, you find some pretty decent stuff. Dude, let, let, we're having. It sucks that we're like put on hold right now with this whole thing. Um, so, so we started doing this whole reselling business um, last year, and um, so what we do is, you know, we go to Goodwills and thrift stores and. Um, garage sales and stuff and, and find stuff and you buy it and you resell it online. So we've been doing that. And, um, I found out like people are making shows about this on YouTube. So we, we were going to be doing like video stuff with our, we do the Nashville restaurant review where we review, uh, restaurants here in Nashville and we do videos of it. So we were like, well, let's like, let's do a double thing. Let's, let's, you know, we'll do episodes of the, the the thrifting and all that, but let's combine it with the with the restaurant thing. So it's like a picking and chewing. So we go picking in the the Goodwill or thrift stores or wherever, and we're 
sorting through and we're finding stuff. And what do you use? Do you use a camera in there? So, yeah, that's all. So far, we've been just using an iPhone. And then she edits it. And, um, but we just bought a GoPro. But we haven't, it came the other day and we haven't been able to use it yet. So, um, from here on out, I mean, we have some videos that we've already filmed um, that she's got to edit when she feels better. But, um, you know, probably in a few weeks, the videos that are going to come out are from the GoPro, which we're, we have a body harness. We're going to strap it on one of us and go to places with it. And yeah, it's going to be fun. It's gonna, we're gonna uh, have... Do you talk to the store manager before you before you start filming or? <sighs> well, that's the thing. Like, we don't. Um, so a lot of times now, like, we'll just film the stuff like on the down low, because they make announcements that you're supposed to be filming in there now. Um, so we'll film stuff on the down low, and then we'll go back and we'll do voiceovers over it. Look at you, man, learning all this stuff, right? Yeah, man, yeah. So people got to go check it out. Go to our YouTube channel, Coco Bay. Um, we got a Facebook page and Instagram page, Coco Bay Winning. Um, go there, check it out. Check out our eBay store. Got over 500 items for sale. That's yeah. pretty amazing, man. Now, do you ever think about since you do the restaurant reviews? Now you're going to thrift stores. That what's the, what's that show called when that guy would go out on the on the like street corners and say, "Do you like this or this better?" And then interview random people. Did you ever think about doing something like that and doing like you know like a cheesesteak or or, or or cheeseburger? What do you think? And then getting people like since you since you guys no, are so shows, outgoing. What show is that? I, I never like, seen like that one. Street smarts or something like that. I forget oh really. What. Something, something like that. It was on like Channel Forty Eight back in, in, in Philadelphia. Oh wow! Huh. They would go like you know like on the street corners, interviews people like, "Hey, how, what's your name?" Uh, and then like ask random questions like you know. Yeah, I, I mean the two of us would would totally do something like that. Like we, she, she's um, she first of all she's just like me. She's a female version of me. Um, she's super outgoing. She's goofy. Um, she's done stand up com- comedy. Um, really? She's a, yeah, yeah. She used to do stand-up comedy. She's a, a writer, a singer-songwriter. Like, she's she's done it all. So, um, you know, she's originally from Brooklyn, and uh, she played in you know New York for years before she moved to Nashville. She used to play CBGBs a lot and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah. So she's got a. So we got to get cool both background. of you guys on damage one day and get Matt on up here. Absolutely. Yeah, we would have a ball. We would have a ball. We would love That's to do. That's awesome, it. man. That's yeah. awesome. So. One thing I wanted to talk to you about before we get into uh, WrestleMania, um, accountability. Mm. How important it is not only for ourselves as individuals, but also for putting on a show, as you did in professional wrestling for a good, good amount of years. Now, having your own podcast and own YouTube show, how important it is to have accountability of trusting others that they will come through for you to do an interview, knowing that you're interviewing people and you're setting them up Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, back to back to back. <clears throat> that's, 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 uh, I mean, seriously, let's face it. Like I, in, in all reality, um, I mean, I've done now, I, I, I need to really sit down and go through my interviews and I, I want to put together like a, a history of all my interviews. And I, I'm guessing I've probably done about easy over 700 interviews and um there's nothing worse nothing worse than preparing for an interview for you know two to four hours and sitting there waiting for that person to call in 
and they don't call in. And you're sitting there and sitting there. And then you're like, do I reach out to the PR person? Do I reach out to them? And then you give it like 10 minutes and give it 15 minutes. And then you finally reach out and then they got to go track the person down or you don't hear back from them. And you're like, what the hell? Like, what happened? Like you're, you're have this person booked and you're, you're going through and you're talking to them, leading up to it, confirming things and blah, 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 blah. And then they like just flake out like, you know, day of or day before the last minute, you know, sometimes they tell you, Oh, something came up. I can't do it. Or sometimes they just don't and just, but the, the ultimate where it's, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, here, here's the thing too. And I don't think these people realize is let's face it. There's okay. There's a million and one podcasters out there right now. Um, not many of them stick with it. You've been doing this. You've been in this game for 10 years. I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, interviewed a lot of freaking people. We're not getting paid for this. You know what I mean? We're taking valuable time away from our life, our family, our friends, because this is something we enjoy to do. This is something we we believe in these people that we want to interview and talk to and help promote them. When they don't have the accountability to reciprocate, to help themselves out, that is damaged, my friend. That's damaged. And then you're left with a pre-recording and not going live where someone's like, why are you not live to this week? Yeah. Well, I can't say it, but you should you put two and two together. I would say it. I would right. say I, I, I wouldn't say who it is, but I, I wouldn't throw that person on the bus. I would just say I had a guest lined up and they uh, they no showed me. So dealing with PR and A, B and C list celebrities compared to dealing with people up and coming. Who would do you rather like to deal with or do you not mind or is it like a, you, you in the middle? <laughs> You know, it's funny because I, I was like having this little discussion in my head earlier because um, so I did three interviews this week. I did I did an interview Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Monday night I interviewed um, a guitar player, Chris Hager from this band, Rough Cut, that was on the brink, never really broke totally through to the other side in the 80s. But they had two amazing albums and I, I was a personal big fan of them. I interviewed him Monday night. Um, you know, and it got a few hundred views on Facebook, and I don't, I don't know if him or the band shared it out or the management or whatever. Maybe they did. I, don't get me wrong. I, don't quote me on that. But um, then the next night, I had an, an, an amazing, amazing, amazing freaking interview Monday night, Tuesday night again. Amazing, amazing interview. I interviewed Dee Dee Pfeiffer who's Michelle Pfeiffer's younger sister. She's now, uh, she's a star on uh, this ABC, ABC hit show, Big Sky, which I watched the pilot episode from last season before I did the interview. And it's amazing. Show is amazing. Like, I'm, I can't wait to go and binge, jump watch. It, binge watch it and jump in because the second season starts next week. Talked to her for an hour, had a blast. I don't even think, that, I, don't even think I had 200 views. Because she's not like she and she admitted she's not a social media person. So it wasn't shared out from social media. PR didn't share it out. ABC didn't share it out. It's promotion for for the for their product. You know? Last night I interviewed this dude from a, a local band from the Philly Jersey area, Mickey Rat from the band As We Become Ghost. This dude 
We did the interview last night. Again, did an hour-long interview. Amazing interview. Had a blast. And last night after the interview, it probably had close to 300 views, which is probably the, more than the other two. And as of last time I checked earlier, a couple hours ago, it was over 700 views because he shared it out. All you got to do, if these people take the time after they do the interview and share it to their social medias, to their fan base and people that really the interviews should be geared towards, then it's going to blow these interviews up. And all day long, I was getting uh, messages and compliments and comments. What an amazing interview this was. They, they learned so much about this dude who they were friends with and, and known and, and appreciativeness. But people, it's a two-way street, you know. They got to. They think because they're coming on a show that you know, like, oh, we're Howard Stern and we have twenty million listeners, and it's going to be an instant success, and they're going to sell, you know, a million albums or or whatever. Because no, no, it's. See, I hear what you're saying because I interviewed a NXT super fan, Izzy. Okay. Her dad. And, you know, 1.5 million views on some of her stuff. Mm-hmm. I interview her. It doesn't go over 200 views because, A, they're not sharing it. Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating because you think you have a winner and you're going to be winning. Yeah. But then you're just stagnant, you yep. know, and it, you don't understand why. You there's, go, you know. there's something you need to do. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you when we're done the interview. I'm going to give you a, a tip on what you need to do that will help you. Okay. But that's the frustrating part. Like, you've been doing this so long, and you look back at the old videos back in o, o, ten, like 2010 and 11 when Scott mm-hmm. Hall, all about the title. Like, mm-hmm. Scott Hall gets completely damaged. Boom, like, 700, like 7 million views or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. interview all the old school legends that we did, Legends of the Ring, K&S, Russell Fest. Then you go to independent shows, and it can vary from 900 views to 150. Mm-hmm. Is it, it's, and it's crazy. Frustrating. It's very frustrating. You do not want to start and continue. Well, there's all, it, it's all, something I've really learned um, a lot over the last few months. Was that, like, anymore, and I was, I, I watch YouTube now is like the main thing I really watch like is YouTube and I'm really learning a lot from watching YouTube. Um, I even learned how to clean mold out of the shower the other day from watching freaking YouTube. Really? So, and, and it worked amazing. Like I've done two things lately. Like, I'm not a person to do stuff around the house. I watched YouTube and I went and did it and it worked. And I'm like, Oh my God, like YouTube's amazing. Um, so I've been watching YouTube a lot like with these thrifter shows and all this stuff. And I'm just learning so much on how to handle my, my reselling business and my thrifting and tips and all. But I'm also learning tips to the whole internet, to your YouTubes, and it's all about algorithms. So all people really need to do is interact. The whole point of social media is interaction, and most people don't do it. But if people give you a thumbs up, or if you share out your show, share out a link, just, all they got to do is give it a thumbs up. Right. If you start getting comments, that's going to help even more. So it, links and uh, likes and comments are, are, are the key 
to boosting your stuff in the algorithm to push it up, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or, or TikTok or, or YouTube and eBay. eBay is the same way. You know, the key to eBay is listing stuff every day because you're, you're doing stuff or editing uh, auctions or editing prices. And as long as you're doing stuff on there and, and with your social media, your eBay or your YouTube, the big thing with YouTube that I've really learned. So people comment, comment back. Hit the like button, hit the love button. Comment on other people's stuff, interact on stuff. It brings the algorithm up. It's all Social media is all completely about the algorithm. You gotta stump the algorithm and work it in your favor. So what made you move to different topics, different, you know, Things like wrestling to music to now thrifting. Was it the challenge yourself or the challenge your audience? Or a combination of both? Um, well, wrestling and music were always music has been my 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 love since I was five years old. Four or five years old. My I can tell you the first forty-five single I got uh, as a little kid was Tony Orlando and Dawn tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. And I played the freaking hell out of that, that record over and over and over and over and over. And Tony, uh, Tony Orlando and Dawn used to have a TV show and I used to watch it every week. And I used to want to be Tony Orlando. And then Sean Cassidy came out with the do run run. And I wanted to be Sean Cassidy. And then my cousin gave me kiss a kiss album. And forget it. That's it. Mind blown. Game over. Game over. That's it. And and then I discovered, you know, at 11, 12 years old, I discovered wrestling. And game over. Mind blown. So wrestling and music have always, wrestling music and cars have been my three biggest loves in my life. So that's, that's that. And I've always, again, since I've been a little kid, I've always been into collecting. I've always collected sports cards, comic books. And I've, my, what I've always wanted to do was have my own store. I always wanted to have a store selling stuff just because I like to collect it. And, and for years, I didn't want to sell it. But now I'm like, all right, let me get it and flip it. Let's, let's make some money. So that's what I do now. And that's, I'm having a freaking time of my life. And the fact that I can make a show out of it. And have fun and be goofy and, and entertain people. I've always just wanted to entertain people too and make people laugh and smile and you know, so now I can I can buy stuff, flip it, sell it, make money, and eat food and mix restaurant reviews in there. I mean, come on. And I'm I'm doing it with my best friend, the love of my life, and my business partner. And and I can't ask for a better thing. And they say don't mix business with pleasure. It just goes to show you you can. If you have the right partner, you can, absolutely. Yep. See, I have, you know, I'm, I'm starting to do the same thing you are with that mindset of not using it, get rid of it, make it flip it. I have a, um, a big comic book of Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Ooh. The old school comic books that were real big. Yeah. Those? It's a Dude, limited I, edition. I used to want that book. So I used to see the advertisements in the comics. And I used to beg my mom, please 
order this because you would have to send away for it. I'm like, I used to beg her to order it for me. And she would never, ever, ever do it because she felt weird sending money in that, like a check in the mail. She would never do it for me. Yeah, the, and the back of it has a Jackson 5 in the audience and has all these different characters and all these different legends. So I might try to sell that eventually. And then, you know, my, my uncle, before he passed away, he gave them to me. But they're That's like, awesome. they're, they're big comics. I never knew they were mm-hmm. big comics before. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's cool. I wish I was more of a comic book fan because I have all these comics from 88 to, you know. Dude, I had like... I don't even know if I have it anymore. Like, uh, again, you know, it, my, my stuff is with my ex. I don't know if she got rid of it, threw it out, sold it or what. But I had a comic book collection going back to when I was five years old. I, I you know, I have I have it all inventoried on a website. And it was valued at, like, probably close to $40,000. And, yeah, I probably had, like, six, 7,000 books. Yeah. All right, so one one day on Halloween, we'll get dressed up. We'll knock on the door, and I'll sneak in from the side, and then I'll get the comics, and then we'll we'll split. Yeah, if it was that easy. Right. So uh, we just got to witness the Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame. We saw people like Kane, Eric Bischoff, Mighty Molly Holly, British Bulldog finally going in, um, William Shatner, NWO, among countless others. Who do you think should Ozzie be in the Osborne. Hall of Fame? Ozzy Osbourne of all people, I know, right? Yeah. Triple H, thank you so much for letting me in your. I know, man, it was nuts seeing that, and no inductors, just the inductees this, this time around. Really interesting. Which was interesting, because Kane, you would think the Undertaker, right? But no, Jerry Lawler just called Kane out. He walked out and talked. Huh. So, speaking of that, who do you think should be in the Hall of Fame that isn't? Like, I would say my number one, you mentioned him earlier, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, Big. I mean, Bigelow had a few good runs there, and he had that, that, I mean, especially he had that big WrestleMania uh, match with uh, Lawrence Taylor. Yep, and he was in that that PlayStation 1 game, uh, was it WrestleMania Arcade? Mm-hmm. When it would go bam, bam, and then you know, like all the guys. Yeah. Wow. Owen Hart. Yeah, I don't know if that'll ever happen. And that's a shame. It is a shame. All just, you know, there's such so much, um, you know, and we saw that with the the behind the ring thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, there's just so much, uh, and and I don't blame you know Owen's wife. Uh, you know, there's such a bad ugly situation was brett ever put in the hall of fame i think he was yeah yeah i think he was yeah um ooh, who should be in the hall of fame was macho man put in no i don't think so yet wow yeah and like how do you not have macho man in there how about how about the steiner brothers that's true too and how about demolition yeah, there's so many names, but you're, then you have a celebrity wing. Like, as a as a former wrestler, do you take offense to that, knowing that you put your body on the line, but then they have a celebrity wing? Yeah, like when when I heard the whole Ozzy thing, I kind of like chuckled. I'm like, I think Ozzy did something for two seconds, like one time, at yeah. a WrestleMania. Yeah, like I almost felt like, yeah, I almost felt like that was like, yeah, it was like kind of a grasp, like. 
you know, I, I don't know. It's weird. Or women. And, let's, let's think about women. Like, how about like our friend Heidi Lee Morgan, or like Mike McGurk. I think McGurk would get it over Heidi Lee, unfortunately. And it's a shame because Heidi is such a – she was such an amazing talent, and she's an amazing person. Um, and, and you know what? She took, As much as she does deserve it, the whole women's division just never – at that point in time, it wasn't as big. You know what I mean? And it, it was – I think uh, at that time when she was getting that push, and as, even though she was running the business for so many years – it was when uh, Alundra Blaze was, was. Am I correct with that? Same yep. timeline. Yeah. So Alundra was the star at that point, and she got the push, and you know, she would make the Hall of Fame if she's not already in there. But uh, yeah, she, I mean, she's I, in there. Yep. is she? Yeah. Hi, Heidi, most definitely. She she's top notch female talent. That she, I mean, she was the one that was like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, too, was like the the teacher for the for the ladies. Yeah, her, her and her dad was a very important part of the the business in the the Philly Jersey scene for years. Right. Who's one ECW guy that you think should be in there? Dreamer. Oh yeah, Dreamer without a doubt. Dreamer definitely deserves Raven. Yeah. Dreamer, Raven, Sandman, Sabu. Absolutely, they they Instead deserve. Instead having a celebrity wing, why don't you have the extreme wing? Or like, yeah. how about an enhancement talent wing? Guys I mean, that put but, others over. Yeah, like Van. I, I I like that idea. But Van Dam made it in this year, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, like, I don't know. It, it's weird. I, I I like that enhancement talent. The, the, I like that. That would be cool. Like they they should have all these things. But but here's the thing too that I was saying about like, you know, this the whole thing with this Hall of Fame. There's no Hall of Fame. Why is there not an actual physical building? Yeah. To go. Yeah. That, that would is, make money. What is WWE doing? Like that? They're worrying about Peacock. <laughs> yeah. Of all like, things. I I don't get it. Like, you you make this big ceremony every year, and then you know. A lot of these guys who end up getting it, like it revitalizes their career and they start getting bookings again and are able to do things and get some more money and, and generate more of an income for themselves, which is great. But hey, open up a freaking actual wrestling hall of fame and, and, and do something. Like, and that's the thing. It, like, I was talking to Mike McGurk uh, a couple of days ago and she's going to be doing a signing in Florida, right where AEW is. And right where WrestleMania okay. is going to be. Okay. I said, Mike, this is your chance to go to them, to let them know that you're still around and you deserve one more shot. And she was even like, you really think so? You really think I should, should, I should go? Like, and, but she doesn't realize like, the effect that she had on like, and She probably does, but like, you deserve that spot. Well, here's the thing, too. They know. They, they know she's out there. Don't don't even think for a minute. They 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 have taps on everybody, you know. If, if they're interested, is there a job of someone in that company that I would I would think I would just think, you know, there's there's so many people in that company, and I'm sure she probably keeps in touch with somebody, uh, you know. This paths get crossed through somebody somewhere from the business who has ties to somebody. So, 
you know, if if they wanted to get hold of anybody, you know, they know how to do it. So enhancement talent, who do you think? Of course, we got to say the Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi. Yeah, I mean, he would most definitely be the number one. Um, Horowitz, Barry Horowitz. Uh, one one of the ones I I, I loved as a kid, um, and he was from Philly. S D Jones. Yes. Special special delivery Jones. Yeah. He was great. Yes, he was. And, and there was uh you know Johnny Rods who he ran a great school up in New York, which that's where uh, Dreamer and Taz came out of mm-hmm. the Johnny Rods school. Um, yeah, there's so many of those guys. How that, about our How about our the Hitman Tony Stenson? Yeah. Another one. Gilberg, Dwayne Gill, and Barry Hardy. Yeah. Guys that put over the Warrior, put over the Steiners, put over all. Because they they knew they could trust them in the ring. Uh, Here's one for you, too. Here's a guy who did a lot of NWA and WCW work, who I'm friends with on Facebook. Um, And uh, our connection is he's a huge Evil Knievel fan, too. Bob Cook. And he, he shares it out like he was sharing out the other day, like, um, his match with him and Flair. Like, come on. He worked for Flair on NWA TV or WCW TV. Right. Like, yeah, like, there's so many. Uh, George South. Um, Joey Mag, jumping Joey Mag. There was, there was so many guys that, um, you know, every week, you, I mean, you knew as soon as you saw their face, you knew it was going to happen, but you realize now as you understand the business, those guys were even more important than the, the stars they were putting over. Yep. Because it was in their hands that matched for mm-hmm. it to go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And they know those guys trust it. Yeah. Because trust is a big thing, not only in personal life, but in the ring when, when you can get injured like that and no more career. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so like I said, WrestleMania right around the corner. It already happened, according to to this podcast, you know. But a couple matches. Let's go over a couple matches, Ben, because I know you're going to be watching it. Uh, Yes, I'm going to be doing a review show with my new friends over the WZWA Network on YouTube um, out of Australia. So I'm going to be doing a recap of night one. They asked me which one I wanted to do. And you you run down, and I'll tell you the one match that I was like, I, I I have to see this. All right, so my guess right now, I'm going to just say it, it's probably going to be the steel cage match, Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. Absolutely. Like, I, now, What's Shane going to do? Yeah, first off, let me, let me precursor this. I don't watch wrestling no more. Like, I haven't watched it. Um, I was starting to watch there it a no few years ago. There's or... eh, really no itch. And, and I, you know, I, hear, I, I see a lot of people always bitching nonstop about it. <laughs> Like, you know, all the armchair quarterback bookers and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I just have so much going on in my life, and I don't need to, like, get wrapped back up in that situation. Um, six hours a night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I saw that, and I'm like, why the hell is Shane McMahon, again, like, why is he in – the main event in a steel cage against like the top monster heel. Yeah. Like how can we believe that? And he's making fun of him. 
leading up to it. B-b-b-b-braun Strowman. You're so dumb, Braun. Like, really? And the worst part is, that, honestly, God, like, this is the worst part. And, um, yeah, you said it right there. Like, how are you supposed to believe it, right? But the worst part is Shane is a phenomenal worker. That's the worst part of the whole situation. So, my opinion, Shane's definitely going to do something crazy off the top of the cage. Because he has to. That Shane has, to. has to. But, you know, Braun's got to win, in my opinion. Yeah. Gotta, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts regarding this. Braun's got to go over Shane, but Shane's going to leave his mark like he always does. I th- And I think people, like, I don't even think people care who wins that match. They just want to see what crazy thing... Shane is going to do. And we have an audience this year, right? Because it's in Florida. So there is... Oh, okay. Now, so it's already taped. Where was it taped at? Because they've been doing... I don't think it was... I don't think it was taped. The Hall of Fame was taped. I think this is going to be live Saturday and Sunday. Because they said there's going to be fans there. That's why it got moved to Florida. Because Florida can have people there. Okay. Okay. I got you. This is going to be interesting. You know, then we have the United States Championship match. Riddle, Monster Factory graduate, versus another Monster Factory graduate in Sheamus. Ooh. Riddle's going for that whole high, I'm high look. You know, doing on on a little scooter and all that. You know, forgetting his lines live on camera. Kind of, you know, against Sheamus, who's been around the block three times. You know, like... This match can go either way. I love Riddle. I, I love how he was able to go from UFC to the uh, professional wrestling. But my pick, I think we got a new U.S. champion in Sheamus. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, see, like, I really don't know either. I know Sheamus a very, very little. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen Matt Riddle work. I know the name, but I don't think I've ever seen him work. Okay. So another one um, who I think is going to be the sleeper of the night. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Okay. Cesaro yes. is a machine. Okay. Claudio yeah. Castagnoli on the in, in, in independent scene. I, I know that name. I, yep. I know the name. I've never seen him work. Seth Rollins, I've seen some matches of his. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Next. okay. Yeah. Intercontinental Championship match. This match has thumbs down just, just, just from the title. Is a Nigerian drum fight. A what? Exactly. A Nigerian drum fight. The hell is that? Exactly, man. I have no freaking clue what they're doing on SmackDown or in general. But it's Big E, the IC champion, against Apollo Crews. Yeah, I don't know either of them. This, I don't know I either of them. I don't, I yeah, I don't know. This one. I don't know what a Nigerian drum even is, let alone a Nigerian drum match. I don't know who they are. I know yeah. the Nigerian nightmare is rest in peace, Aaron. You know, right. but that's that's it. Big E, in my opinion, going over. Nothing to look forward to. Um, hey. Another match we saw countless times on the independent scene and in WWE: Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Now, Sami Zayn, who is that? Isn't that um? El Generico. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking of somebody else. Hmm. And uh, Kevin Owens was Kevin Steen. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, Kevin Owens, in my opinion, go over. 
Then you have, you got to have your ladies match. So you have Naomi and Lana, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, the Riot Squad, Natalia and Tamina in a tag team turmoil match to see who versus the champions at the end. Oh, jeez. So they threw all the girls in one match to try to do that. Like they always do. To get them their time. Yeah. Hmm. Which they'll probably scratch a match at the end and let them down at the end. And put them I'll on t- not TV. <clears throat> I'll tell you what, though. Like, I, I got to give the girls credit. Like, any more of the girls, I think, have put on uh, uh, some of the more exciting matches on the cards where, you know, I, for years in the 80s and 90s when the girls' matches would come on, that's when everybody would go to the bathroom. Right. Now, the girl, you got to give the girls credit, man. They're, they're, they have taken... Um, women's wrestling to a whole new level and it's it's amazing. It's good for them. Yeah. They, Natalia they, and Tamina should win, but my opinion is gonna be probably Naomi and Lana. Cause okay. they're they're getting the most T V time right now. Okay. Cool. So right. now we have a few more matches left. I'm interested to see what match you're looking forward to. Um this one doesn't make sense. Bad Bunny who Well what is a, a bad bunny? What explain exactly. this to me. He is a, a, a Latin star, I guess, that, that did a song about Booker T. And Booker T was in the music video. Okay. So he stuck around. And at the Royal Rumble, he jumped off the top rope onto The Miz and, and Morrison. So they got all this whole entire feud together. And now it's Bad Bunny was supposed to verse The Miz at WrestleMania. But then McMahon finally woke up and made it to a tag team match. So you got Bad Bunny. So wait, so Bad Bunny's not even a worker. He's just a... And he's so getting what, a match at WrestleMania. So what happened there was Bad Bunny's... Bad, they must have been trying to train, train Bad Bunny, and he wasn't coming along good enough where they had to make it a tag match. Right. So Bad Bunny <laughs> tags up with uh, Luis Martinez, the Punisher, who we know from the independent scene, okay. now known as Damian Priest, versus The Miz and John Morrison. Oh, John Morrison's back in the Fed. He's back in the Fed, yep. Good and for his, him. And his fiance or wife now just signed on to NXT deal. Good for him. He, he, that dude's a talent, man. He, he was always a talent. I, I couldn't believe when, like, when they let him go. And uh, Yeah, good for him. Yep. So they got I, that, I, um, I feel bad he's in a bad bunny match. Like, so if, now, here, here is what... See, this is what they should have did if they were smart. <laughs> they had bad bunny. They should have got that bad. Uh, what's the the cash money outside girl? They should have roped her in. What's she? Bad baby or bad Barbie so, or something? Uh, with yeah, bad, yeah. With bad bunny, you had the bad crew, the bad team or whatever. Well, they already brought in that Logan guy, that uh, that YouTuber, uh, Logan, Logan Paul. Paul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's in, he's going to be a part of that Kevin Owens Sami Zayn match. Okay. Well, his brother, he's like a boxer now. Yeah. And I saw him on the Mike Tyson thing. That dude, I'll tell you what. And he can fight. He can really Really? fight. He's going to go. Yeah. I I was blown away. I was like, this dude's no joke. He's going to go far. So, yeah, we got that matchup. um, Toss up. Damian Priest is the newest newer star. So, of course, they got to go with the talent they're paying the most money for, Bad Bunny. So, I got Bad Bunny in that one. Is is Bunny um, a face or heel? Who knows? I guess <laughs> I guess a face. We can call him a face. Oh, even man. though he cursed live on television in, in Spanish. But what the hell? What's a bad bunny? Like that's his name. That's his like. That's his rap that, name. That bad bunny. 
I guess he doesn't want to be called Bugs Bunny, so it'd be bad. I am so confused at what's going on in the world anymore. Go ahead. Uh, Role of women's champion. No one's ready for Asuka versus up-and-coming talent Rhea Ripley. I think you would like Rhea Ripley. She has that attitude. I think she she's... I forget where she's from, but she has a look. I, I, I think hopefully we have a new women's champion in Rhea Ripley starting off a brand new era in uh, WWE. Huh. I don't know either, so... This is the one, I have a feeling. The Fiend versus Randy Orton. Is this the match you're looking forward to? No, it was the Shane, Shane McMahon match. Really? So I called yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you got Bray Wyatt, who got caught, who got lit on fire by Randy Orton, came back as a different monster, kind of like Kane, with a monster face. Wow. He was poisoning Randy Orton. Randy Orton's coming out with, like, black stuff coming out of his mouth. Leading into another match. These two had a match, like, less than five years ago at WrestleMania. Hmm. Now that they're winning him again, wasn't uh, I didn't even I wasn't Randy Orton out for a while. I didn't even know he was like back in the in with yeah, them. Yeah, I, I think he took some time off for a little bit. Yeah, okay. Back. Um, this match can really go either way. Um, the theme with Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. Uh, I gotta I gotta say, uh, Randy Orton. Hmm. Legend okay. okay, I'll go with Orton yeah. too. And we have the Royal Tag Team Champion, The New Day, okay, versus AJ Styles, and another newcomer who has never had a match, AJ Styles' security guard, Omas. Some big guy that's taller than Giant Gonzalez. Oh, my God. Getting oh. Oh. He's that's big, but can he work? We're going to find out at WrestleMania. Live. So, so, all right, so all right, now that he said that, what happened to the Giant? What happened to Paul White? Why is he over in AEW now? Because he got disrespected, I think. Because he could still wrestle. And he wanted to do commentating. So he came back to do one of those one-offs. Okay. They wanted him just to be that uh, Hall of Fame guy that comes back and takes ish. Mm. So Randy Orton said, you know, was going around to everyone, that all the legends that he beat up. And Big Show was sitting down. And he said, don't stand up, Big Show. I was going to knock you out. And then Big Show ended up just sit, still sitting down. Just making a mockery of him, probably, he felt like. Mm, mm. So he went where the money was. He had wow. a chance to do what he wanted to do and commentate. And then um, Waterboy. Remember that movie with Adam Sandler? Mm-hmm. Tony Khan bought the rights of Captain whatever his name was when he was in the Waterboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who knows that the Paul White will come back as that character? Oh, that would be funny. Okay. Could you imagine? Interesting. Huh. So here I I gotta go. Uh, as good as AJ Styles is, New Day is over. So I think yeah. New Day continues. SmackDown Women's Championship match: Sasha Banks versus the EST of WWE Bianca Belair. Two guys, two ladies. I'm sorry. Up and comers. Sasha's been around the bank a few times. Uh, Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble. I think it's her time, and I think she's the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I know who Sasha is. I don't know who the other one is. So. Yep. And the match of the night. 
the triple threat match for the Universal Championship. Uh, the winner of the Royal Rumble, Edge, versus mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, versus Roman Reigns, with a guy you know all too well, Paul Heyman in his corner. Yeah, I, I, this, this was another match I was like, ooh, this is going to be a good freaking match. You add Daniel Bryan into it. Mm-hmm. You know WrestleMania, the champion never usually comes out the champion. You know, you know, here's a crazy story I just thought of. So two people you mentioned um, on this night of WrestleMania, they both um, they were both at my house one time. Uh, I was I was when I was booking shows when I was running LA Liberty All Star Wrestling. Um, I had brought in uh, Christopher Daniels. I was bringing him in for a um, for a double shot with a show and a um, like a training th- session with with people. And um, he brought along AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, and we like spent the oh, day together. Yeah, like we spent the day together. Like I took them to the gym so they can work out, and I took them to my wrestling school so they get some mat time in. And how were they? Oh, they were great. We had a ball. We had a blast. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, in my opinion, that matchup. As much as I want Daniel Bryan to win, because I know he's going to be probably leaving soon, and testing New Japan out and really going at it one last hurrah. I got to go with the underdog, the, the one with the great story, came back after nine years, Edge. I think Edge yeah. is going to beat the big dog and we have a new Universal Championship match. I, I can see that. So, Bay, that's the WrestleMania card that we already saw since it's already, this has already happened. Damage Radio. Um... Any last words that you'd like to say to the fans out there listening? And um, once again, tell them about that Coco and Bay YouTube show. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to everybody. Thank you for you, Cameron, for always uh, for, for being a friend, most of all. Like, uh, you know, we've had ups Likewise. and downs over the years, but we've uh, gotten really close, especially over the last uh, so many months. And, um, you know, thank you to everybody. Just uh, thank you for even uh, giving two cents about me or caring about me. Um, to have me coming on shows like this and listening to what I say. And, um, yeah, just check out what I got going on. Check out uh, Coco Bay. Look for us on uh, Facebook and Instagram, Coco Bay Winning. And uh, look for us on YouTube, Coco Bay. And look for our YouTube store, too, Coco Bay. Nice. Yeah, life is way too short. And if you hold, if you hold grudges that, when you look back at it, meant nothing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's just like you live and you learn. You live and Absolutely. learn in marriage. You live and learn in life. You live and learn at different jobs. And you live and learn by taking chances. And the people in your life, if you appreciate them, they always come back. And thank you, Bay. Hey, man. Thank you. And, and everything you do in life, uh, every breath of air you take is a learning lesson. So keep breathing and keep learning. That's right. Because without struggle, there is no progress. Bingo. Today, thank you so much for your time. And uh, damage fans, remember, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on monkeradio.com where music and minds meet. Thanks, Bay. Completely damaged! Completely damaged!